Christians shouldn't be disillusioned when what they encounter in this life doesn't quite match up to fun in the sun. Mark ten twenty eight through 30. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive an hundredfold. Now in this time houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the world to come, eternal life. It says, with persecutions. Roman 8.28 is true, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Everything will work together for our good, but along the highway of holiness it often will not look that way. Concerning the end times, Jesus said to the saints, Luke 21.16-19, through 19, And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolks and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not a hair of your head perish. In your patience possess ye your souls. No, that doesn't sound like fun in the sun, but surely glory, beauty, and righteousness for all eternity. Our leader, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, died, excuse me, a naked, beaten, despised, and ridiculed pauper on an old rugged cross. John the Baptist was beheaded. Brother Stephen was stoned to death. The apostle Paul was decapitated. Peter crucified upside down. All of the apostles were put to death, with the exception of Brother John, whom they couldn't kill. John wrote the book of Revelation on the prison island of Patmos. Multitudes of born-again men, women, boys, and girls have been put to a martyr's death because they love Jesus Christ, and it continues on. When Pliny sent correspondence to Trajan in about 112 A.D., he requested direction in persecuting Christians. He wrote, However, they assured me that the main of their fault or of their mistake was this, that they were wont on a stated day to meet together before it was light, and to sing a hymn to Christ as to a God alternately, and to oblige themselves by a sacrament or oath not to do anything that was ill, but that they would commit no theft or pilfering or adultery, that they would not break their promises or deny what was deposited with them when it was required back again, after which it was their custom to depart and to meet again at a common but innocent meal. Satan is the little god of this world, 2 Corinthians 4, 3, and 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the god of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. Satan is the little god of this world, and if we refuse to bow down and proceed to attack his kingdom in an effort to free the lost sons and daughters of Adam— who are bound in his dungeons of darkness, one should expect a reaction, persecution. The book of Hebrews speaks about a cloud of witnesses. It reads in chapter 11, verses 32 through 40. And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, and of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, 
quench the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth, and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Serving Jesus Christ is filled with glory and hope and promise and power with persecution. Have you yet to be born again? Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, extends his hand to you this day. Today all your sin and shame can be washed away. Today all Satan's bondages will be broken. Today your new and glorious journey begins. Follow me in a simple prompt and everything will begin to work for you for your good. Here it is. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. God said Luke chapter 3 verses 2, 3, 6. Annas and Caiaphas being the high priest, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. God said, Matthew chapter eleven seven through 12. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind. But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, in more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, Among them that are born of women, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist. Notwithstanding, he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. God said, Matthew chapter 14, verse 8, And she, being before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John Baptist's head in the charger. Man said, according to atheist Richard Dawkins, the virgin birth, the resurrection, the raising of Lazarus, even the Old Testament miracles— all are freely used for religious propaganda, and they are very effective with an audience of unsophisticates and children. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, feature 1040, that will for the 1040th time certify the pure, beautiful, supernatural inerrancy of God's Holy Bible. All of these edifying features are, ar are archived here in, in text and streaming audio. 
for the building up of the faith and his bait for the fishers of men. Every Thursday Eve, God willing, they grow by one. Thank you for coming. May God's face shine upon you and your house. One of the four proof categories on God said, man said, is the historicity of Jesus Christ. Some are surprised to discover that there are quite a large number of Christ deniers in this world's population. Some deny he ever existed. Some deny his virgin birth that was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah nearly 800 years in advance. Isaiah 7:14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Some deny his miraculous ministry, his death by crucifixion, and his resurrection. But be advised, history does not. Before we get to the latest archaeological discoveries concerning Jesus Christ, several excerpts follow from previous God Said, Man Said features where we have entered the debate. God Said, Man Said, the historicity of Jesus Christ updated. Was there a Jesus Christ? Does history endorse the Bible's account of the Lord of glory? The answer, of course, is a resounding yes. Cornelius Tacitus, who was born in 55 A.D. and died in 120 A.D., was called the greatest historian of ancient Rome. He was born approximately 20 years after Christ's crucifixion. Tacitus wrote concerning the reign of the Roman emperor Nero and recorded the following. But not all the relief could come from man. Not all the bounties that the prince could bestow, nor all the atonements which could be presented to the gods, availed to relieve Nero from the infamy of being believed to have ordered the conflagration, the fire of Rome. Hence, to suppress the the rumor, he falsely charged with guilt and punished with the most exquisite tortures the persons commonly called Christians, who were hated for their enormities. Christus, Christ, the founder of the name, was put to death by Pontius Pilate, procurator of Judea and the reign of Tiberius. But the pernicious superstition, repressed for a time, broke out again, not only through Judea, where the mischief originated, but through the city of Rome also. That's a quote from Cornelius Tacitus. Earlier in the feature's prelude, we read what enormities the early believers were accused of. The following excerpt is from Josh McDowell's book, The New Evidence That Demands a Verdict, it reads. Cambridge lecturer Marcus Bachmuel notes that Tacitus' comments provide us with testimony by the leading Roman historian of his day, independent confirmation that Jesus lived and was formally executed in Judea in the reign of Tiberius and during Pontius Pilate's office as procreator, technically still a prefect, A.D. 26 to 36. That may not seem like much, but it is actually surprisingly useful in discounting two different theories which are still sometimes advanced. First, that Jesus of Nazareth never existed. And secondly, that he did not die by the duly administered Roman death penalty, end of quote. God said, man said, the Christ of Calvary, was he? Recently, quite a stir was made over the archaeological find of an ancient ossuary discovered in Israel. This ossuary was a 20-inch-long box which once held the bones of a dead man. Between the years 20 B.C. and 70 A.D., it was a burial custom to place one's bones in the ossuary for final burial after the flesh was fully decayed. 
This vine was especially electrifying because of the inscription on its side. It read, Yaakov bar Yosef akudi Yeshua, which means James, son of Joseph, brother of Jesus. The following excerpts were found in an AP article dated October 22, 2002. A burial box that was recently discovered in Israel and dates to the first century could be the oldest archaeological link to Jesus Christ, according to a French scholar whose findings were published Monday. An inscription in the Aramaic language, James, son of Joseph, brother of Jesus, appears on an empty ossuary, a limestone burial box for bones. Andre Lemaire said, It's very probable the writing refers to Jesus of Nazareth. He dates the ossuary to A.D. 63, just three decades after the crucifixion. Lemaire, a specialist in ancient inscriptions at France's Practical School of Higher Studies, published his findings in the November-December issue of Biblical Archaeological Review. The Reverend Joseph Fitzmaier, a Bible professor at Catholic University, who studied fo- photos of the box, agrees with Lemaire that the writing style fits perfectly with other first-century examples. The joint appearance of these three famous names is striking, he said. But the big problem is, you have to show me that Jesus in this text is the Jesus of Nazareth, and nobody can show that, Fitzmaier said. Lemaire answered Fitzmaier's question further in the article. All three names were commonplace, but Lemaire estimates only 20 Jameses in Jerusalem during that era would have had a father named Joseph and a brother named Jesus. Moreover, naming the brother as well as the father on an ossuary was very unusual, Lemaire wrote. There's only one other known example in Aramaic. Thus, this particular Jesus must have had some unusual role of fame, and Jesus of Nazareth certainly qualified, Lemaire concluded. Lemaire dated the ossuary as 63 A.D. History shows James, the brother of Jesus, being stoned to death in 62 A.D. God said, man said, geologists say yes to crucifixion. Unfortunately for the Christ deniers, there is a plethora of historical data that shouts a resounding yes to the biblical record of this Jesus. New research published in the October 2010 issue of Acts and Facts is another addition to the overwhelming empirical evidence stacked up against the enemies of the cross of Christ. The feature was written by renowned geologist Dr. Stephen Austin under the title of Greatest Earthquakes of the Bible. Several paragraphs follow. Recently, geologists have investigated the 4,000-year chronology of earthquake disturbances within the uppermost 19 feet of laminated sediment of the Dead Sea. Hypersaline waters preserve seasonally laminated sediment because organisms cannot live or burrow into the bed of the lake. As a result, only a nearby earthquake or very large distant earthquake can homogenize the lake's uppermost sediment layers, producing a mixed layer devoid of lamentation, laminations. Excuse me. A stretch of a sediment core from the east side of the Dead Sea appears in figure one. The sketch shows the depth of the mixed layers within the laminated sediment sequence. Two deeper mixed layers in the Dead Sea are datable from historical, archaeological, and geological associations with faultings, the earthquakes of 31 B.C., the Quamran earthquake, and 750 B.C., Amos's earthquake. Other earthquakes are represented in the Dead Sea sediment core with dates approximated by assuming a steady rate of sedimentation. 
The following excerpts are found under the headings of Quamram Earthquake of 31 B.C. and the Crucifixion in Jerusalem, April 3, 33 A.D. After three hours of darkness at midday on April 3, 33 A.D., the Lord Jesus exclaimed the words, It is finished, as he died on the cross. Immediately the curtain of the sanctuary of the temple was torn, a great earthquake occurred, rocks were broken, and many dead saints were resurrected from their tombs, Matthew twenty-seven fifty-one through 54 The earthquake upon the death of Christ called attention to the great salvation that had been accomplished that day on the cross. An outcrop of laminated Dead Sea sediment can be seen at Wadiseum, above the southwestern shore of the modern Dead Sea near the fortress of Masada. In this sediment outcrop is a distinctive one-foot-thick mixed layer of sediment that is tied strongly to Quamran's earthquake onshore uh, ground ruptures of 31 B.C., see figure 2. Thirteen inches above the 31 B.C. event bed is another distinctive mixed layer, less than one inch thick. The sedimentation rate puts this second earthquake about 65 years after the 31 B.C. earthquake. It seems that the crucifixion earthquake of 33 A.D. was magnitude 5.5, leaving direct physical evidence in a thin layer of disturbed sediment from the Dead Sea. Geologists say yes to Christ's crucifixion. Julian, the Roman emperor, an ancient enemy of the cross to Christ, wrote the following. Jesus has now been celebrated about 300 years, having done nothing in his lifetime worthy of fame, unless anyone thinks it is very great work to heal lame and blind people and exercise demonics in the villages of Bethsaida and Bethany. So you see that Julian, the Roman emperor, ascribes to Christ the power to perform miracles. Again from Josh McDowell. In the Babylonian Talmud we read, It has been taught, on the eve of Passover, they hanged Yeshua. And an announcement went out in front of him for 40 days, saying he is going to be stoned because he practiced sorcery and enticed and led Israel astray. Anyone who knows anything in his favor, let him come and plead in his behalf. But not having found anything in his favor, they hanged him on the eve of Passover. Another version of this text says Yeshua the Nazarene. Yeshu, excuse me, translates through Greek to English as Jesus, and the reference to him being a Nazarene makes the link to Jesus Christ even stronger. Jesus Christ was crucified on the Passover, end of quotes. God said, man said, the crucifixion and resurrection of King Jesus. The famous Jewish historian Josephus, who was born in 37 AD, not long after the death of Jesus, wrote concerning Jesus's life. In one of his books, Antiquities of the Jews, the following passage is found. Now there was about this time Jesus, a wise man, if it be lawful to call him a man, for he was a doer of wonderful works, a teacher of such men as received the truth with pleasure. He drew over to him both many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles. He was the Christ. And when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal men among us, had condemned him to the cross, those that loved him at the first did not forsake him. For he appeared to them alive again the third day, as the divine prophets had foretold these and ten thousand other wonderful things concerning him. And the tribe of Christians so named from him are not extinct at this day. End quote. 
The above passage has been hotly contested by the Jews and other liberal scholars. Author Grant Jeffrey, who wrote the book Jesus, The Great Debate, weighed in on this subject with the following statement. For three centuries, a great debate has raged among biblical scholars regarding the authenticity of the text of Josephus about Jesus of Nazareth. Many liberal scholars believe that this reference to Jesus Christ Christ to his brother James and John the Baptist must be interpolations or forgeries by Christian editors in later centuries. In other words, they have concluded that Josephus' reference to Jesus could not possibly be genuine. However, such an assertion of forgery requires significant proof. If scholars had found dozens of ancient copies of Josephus' book, that failed to contain this passage, they would have some evidence that this material was not an original passage written by the Jewish historian. Yet none of these scholars can produce a single ancient copy of Josephus's Antiquities of the Jews that does not contain this disputed passage on Jesus. In his book, History of the Christian Church, Philip Schaff noted that all ancient copies of Josephus' book, including the early Slavonic, Russian, and Arabic language versions contain the disputed passages about the life of Christ. No one has ever explained how a Christian editor could have altered each of these widely distributed versions during the centuries following their publication. How could someone introduce a new paragraph in the middle of a complete text? Why wouldn't someone have detected this addition to the popular history? End of quote. The following paragraph is from Evidence That Demands a Verdict. Attempts have been made to show that Josephus could not have written this. However, this passage, writes Michael Green in Man Alive, was in the text of Josephus used by Eusebius in the 4th century. Also, it is reiterated by the most recent Loeb edition of his works, and it is all the more remarkable when we remember that so far from being sympathetic to Christians, Josephus was a Jew writing to please the Romans. This story would not have pleased them in the slightest. He would hardly have included it if it were not true, end of quotes. John the Baptist's job was to prepare the way for the Messiah. He, John the Baptist, was the forerunner of the ministry of Jesus Christ, who is the Messiah, God's Savior, God's way of escape, and for all who would call upon the name of Jesus and faith and repentance and obedience. Christ and Messiah are one and the same. John 1, verse 41, He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted, the Christ. All of the Gospels expound on John the Baptist. John was six months older than Jesus, and he was the Lord's cousin. For nearly 30 years of both of their lives, nothing is said of either in the Bible, with the exception of the Lord's foray into the temple to speak with the doctors at the age of 12. Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet, pens this prophecy of John in chapter 40, verses 3 through 5. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. John's message was the baptism of repentance, preparing the faithful for the Messiah, whose appearance was eminent. 
Concerning the death of John the Baptist, Mark chapter 14, 3 through 12 records this. For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake, his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude, because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Whereupon he promised with an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she, being before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John Baptist's head and a charger. And the king was sorry. Nevertheless, for the oath's sake, and them which sat with him at meat, he commanded it to be given her. And he sent and beheaded John in the prison. And his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it, and went and told Jesus. The Bible is silent on the dancer's name, but history records her name as Salome. Historian Flavius Josephus writes concerning John the Baptist. Now some of the Jews thought that the destruction of Herod's army came from God, and that very justly, as a punishment of what he did against John that was called the Baptist. For Herod slew him, who was a good man, and commanded the Jews to exercise virtue, both uh, as to righteousness towards one another and piety towards God, and so to come to baptism for that the washing with water would be acceptable to him if they made use of it, not in order to the putting away or the remission of some sins only, but for the purification of the body, supposing still that the soul was thoroughly purified beforehand by righteousness. Now when many others came to crowd about him, for they were greatly moved or pleased by hearing his words, Herod, who feared lest the great influence of John had over the people, might put it into his power and inclination to raise a rebellion, for they seemed ready to do anything he should advise. He thought it best by putting him to death to prevent any mischief he might cause and not bring himself into difficulties by sparing a man who might make him repent of it when it should be too late. Accordingly, he was sent a prisoner out of Herod's suspicious temperature, to Macarus, the, temp- the castle I before mentioned, and was there put to death. Now the Jews had an opinion that the destruction of this army was sent as a punishment upon Herod and a mark of God's displeasure against him. End of quote. The headline from the Jerusalem Post, January 6, 2021, reads, Archaeologists find dance floor where John the Baptist was condemned. Excerpts follow. In an article in Live Science, Owen Jarris reports that archaeologists believe they have figured out the location of the dance floor where John the Baptist, the preacher who predicted the coming of Jesus, was sentenced to death around 29 A.D. after a sensuous dance was performed by Salome, which sealed his unhappy fate. According to the biblical story and the account by the ancient historian Flavius Josephus, 37 to 100 A.D., King Herod Antipas, one of the sons of King Herod, ordered the execution of John the Baptist. Josephus said that the assassination was carried out at Machaerus, a fort near the Dead Sea in modern-day Jordan. Herod Antipas wanted to curb the influence of John the Baptist and had him killed, according to Josephus. The Bible tells a more sensational tale, saying that Herod Antipas was going to marry a woman named Herodias, and that both members of the couple were divorced, which John the Baptist thought was immoral. 
during Herod Antipas's birthday party in the biblical account, Salome, the daughter of Herodias, danced for Herod Antipas, which pleased the king, who promised her anything she wanted. At her mother's urging, Salome requested John the Baptist's head, which she eventually received on the platter. Both Salome's dance, often referred to as the Dance of the Seven Veils, and the moment when she was presented with John the Baptist's head on a platter have often been portrayed in paintings, operas, fiction, and theater. According to Gaiozo Voros, director of a project called Macarus Excavations and Surveys at the Dead Sea, in the recently published book Holy Land Archaeology on Either Side, a courtyard uncovered at Macarus is likely the place where Salome danced and where Herod Antipas decided to have John the Baptist beheaded. Voro said that the courtyard has a niche that likely housed the remains of the throne where Herod Antipas sat. In 1980, archaeologists discovered the courtyard, but according to Voros, they only recently recognized the remains of the throne, which crystallized theories about the dance floor, end of quote. The deniers deny, that's what deniers do. One last recent archaeological discovery. The January 25, 2021 feature published by Biblical Archaeology and written by Jonathan Layden concerns Jesus Christ. A few paragraphs follow. A stone engraved in Greek was found at El Taiba in the Jezreel Valley in the Upper Galilee. It had originally been part of the lintel of a Byzantine 5th century A.D. church. The church was part of the religious authority of the metropolis of Bichien, which included El Taiba. The discovery was announced on January 20, 2020, by the Israel Antiquities Authority. Their excavation was directed by Zaki Lang in Kojin Haku. Dr. Leah D. Segni of the Hebrew University of Jerusalem deciphered the dedication. It read, Christ, born of Mary, this work of the most God-fearing and pious bishop, Theodosius, and the miserable Thomas, was built from the foundation. Whoever enters should pray for them. Uh, Theodius uh, was the Archbishop of Bethshean. The stone was found where it had been repurposed and placed in one of the walls of a majestic building from the late Byzantine or early Islamic period. The building excavations revealed mosaic floors and two rooms designed with a geometric pattern. The inscription on the stone was a greeting to visitors, supporting researchers' conclusion that it had been a dedication to a church and not a monastery, end of quote. Jesus was here, all right, and his coming was so momentous and life-changing that the events of life and history pivot around his name. In a date, there are two designators that give its definition. One designator is B.C., which stands for Before Christ. The second designator is A.D., meaning Anno Domini, translated as the Year of Our Lord. The official date of this feature is January 28, 2021 A.D., or the year of our Lord. He was here all right, and he is about to return. God's word is true and righteous altogether, a place to build a life that will last forever. Choose Christ and live. God said, Luke 3, 2 through 6, Annas and Caiaphas, being the high priest, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. 
Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the, see the salvation of God. God said, Matthew eleven seven through 12. And as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, What went ye out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind? But what went ye out for to see? A man clothed in soft raiment? Behold, they that wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what went ye out for to see? A prophet? Yea, I say unto you, and more than a prophet. For this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. Verily I say unto you, among them that are born of woman, there hath not risen a greater than John the Baptist, notwithstanding he that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. God said, Matthew chapter 14, verse 8, And she being before instructed of her mother, said, Give me here John Baptist's head and a charger. Man said, according to atheist Richard Dawkins, the virgin birth, the resurrection, the raising of Lazarus, even the Old Testament miracles, all are freely used for religious propaganda, and they are very effective with an audience of unsophisticates and children. Now you have the record.